Hey there, and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I'm your host, Christine Garvin, a functional health coach. Each week, I speak with an incredible guest expert on all things women's hormones. We're here to empower you to take back control of your body, health, and well-being, and to learn about the latest in research and solutions when it comes to getting your hormones happy. No part of this podcast should be construed as medical advice, and we always recommend working with a professional practitioner to figure out what's best for your body. Now let's dive in with today's guest. Hey there, welcome to this week's episode. I'm glad you're here as always. Today, I'm going to talk to you about five things that I do daily in order to support my hormones. You know, we all want to sort of know the bare minimum, right, that we need to do to take care of our health. Um, This isn't bare minimum at all, but it is something... um, each one of these things I feel is necessary to support not only my hormonal health, but also my overall health and well-being. But as we know, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know, um, our hormones, the health of our hormones is directly connected to the health of our gut and our liver and our um, thyroid. And so it's all intermingled, right? So these things really help all of those areas too. So I want to start off by saying, you know, what I do may not necessarily be what's right for you. Although there are a couple of things that I'm going to mention that I do think are right for pretty much everyone. And I'll note those. Um, there's a couple of things that I do daily that I do based on testing. And so I want to be clear that I'm not recommending that you do these things without testing and without understanding you know, where your hormones are at, um, because you need to do different things based on what's going on with your body. And I will also point those out. So don't go run out and, you know, buy a supplement because I say that I'm taking it because it's based on what's happening, you know, in my body that I've seen on testing. But, um, with those little, you know, side notes, let's dive in to, the five things that I do daily to support my hormones. And there's actually going to be a couple bonuses. So, but these are the top five. So I use collagen. Um, I take collagen every day in order to up my protein game. You've heard me talk about it here. You've heard other experts on the hormone summit talk about how important protein is for our hormone health. And really that goes back once again to blood sugar regulation, All in all, in, you know, um, Western culture, we have just way too much fluctuations in our blood sugar throughout the day. And a lot of that is based on um, eating, you know, higher carb foods and higher sugar foods um, and not getting enough protein, not getting enough good fat, not getting enough veggies, um, you know, especially the veggies that aren't um, so naturally high in sugar. So like greens and cruciferous vegetables, like broccoli and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts and all of those things, you know, is really where our focus should be dietarily. Um, And unfortunately, there's so many goodies out in the world, right, that um, call to us on a daily basis, especially if we are in a rush to get to work, to, you know, take the kids to school, et cetera, et cetera. It's easier to grab that cereal box in the morning or grab a pastry at Starbucks. 
but this is really, really effing up our hormones. I'm just going to be straight up with you. Um, and that comes back to what it does to your blood sugar and how it impacts your cortisol production, your cortisol and your blood sugar are intimately connected trigger that blood sugar, cortisol gets triggered too. And we know that when the body focuses on cortisol production, then it downregulates our sex hormones. So all in all taking collagen, um, which is currently, you know, uh, probably my favorite non-food um, supplement. So I, I will put a little caveat here. You know, I, I do think that don't get into relying on things like collagen protein powders because those aren't real foods. Ultimately, um, you know, they are, uh, refined on some level in some way. I do think of collagen as being the least refined, of course, you know, depends on which brand you get, you know, there's going to be some brands that are better than others, certainly, but ultimately collagen is, you know, just broken down protein into, um, nearly all the amino acids it's missing tryptophan. Um, but it has everything else and your body's able to absorb it really fast and really easily because it's already broken down, right? Amino acids are important for so many different things. And for those that don't know, protein is made up of amino acids. That's exactly what a protein molecule is. It's, you know, got these amino acids in it. And so you have to have enough digestive function. You have to have enough hydrochloric acid to break down protein well enough in your stomach so that your body can really get at those amino acids. And that's a struggle, especially, you know, if you have gone through trauma or surgery, you know, I always recommend really focusing on, um, these simple protein, um, sources before and after surgery. I actually just had two clients, um, that went through surgeries that, taking collagen helped them a lot. Um, so I highly recommend it in, in that instance. And in general, like I said, we're not getting enough protein. And so you can add the collagen to your coffee. You can add it to your tea. Um, one of my clients hates it in her coffee. So not everybody likes it that way, but you can add it to, um, you know, even if you do sort of, you know, uh, treat non-glutinous baked goods, you can add it there. You can add it to smoothies. Um, you can add it in water. Um, actually my dad, I got him on it and he just drinks it straight up in water. Um, I like to do it with a little unsweetened oat milk now that I am off coffee again. Um, but yeah, anyways, there's lots of ways that you can sort of sneak it in one, two, even three scoops in a day, um, to really support, um, everything from, you know, your liver detoxification, because we need some of those amino acids to help our liver detox properly for, you know, our muscles, for our bone health. And then a big one for a lot of women obviously is hair, skin, and nails. I do want to say, you know, I think that some of the advertisement around collagen right now, cause I know it is the big thing is a little deceptive. So, you know, they basically are trying to say, oh, you take collagen and it's going to make your hair amazing, or it's going to make your nails grow really fast doesn't quite work that way. It's not like you take the collagen and then it immediately goes to your hair to be used or to your nails to be used, right? It is broken down in your stomach, just the same way as any other protein, 
like I said, it's easier because it's already really broken down. So it's easier absorption for your body, but your body's going to use those amino acids in the places that it needs to use them. So hair, skin, and nails, unfortunately are the last to get the bump, right? Because that's sort of like, um, not necessary for your survival, right? Your body's always going to focus on, okay, what do we need to do to keep you alive? And the other stuff is extraneous for now. We'll come back to that later when everything's like leveled out, right? So those amino acids are going to go to your liver to be used for, to your tissues, um, bones, et cetera, all of those places first. And then once that's sort of like saturated enough, then it goes to your hair, skin and nails. So, you know, you often people have to wait a little while, take some collagen for a little while before they notice a difference, um, in those areas. But I would say that most people that I know that have taken it for a while will actually start to notice it. And I, I have noticed a difference, um, particularly in my hair, um, just some hair growth. So that is one thing that I do, um, every day to support my hormones. Um, number two, I actually take a combination of supplements and this is one that is based on my own hormone testing. I'm actually getting ready to do some hormone testing again to see where I'm at. I've been feeling, um, my periods have been good, but I've been feeling some stuff sort of happening. So I really want to see where things are at and I'm, you know, fully honest, I'm almost 43. And I will say that this tends to be the time for women that 42 to 43 range where you really maybe start to see, um, more symptomology around that lowered progesterone that, you know, started to happen when we were at 35. Um, so more symptoms seem to arise for women during this time. So it's a really good time to get some testing done. And, you know, considering, um, my fibroid experience, I do like to test my hormones at least once a year and see where things are at. So I'm getting that done soon. We'll see where things are at, but based on sort of my last testing and symptomology, I take three things, um, every day and I take them, uh, at lower amounts for my follicular phase or the first half of my cycle, and then higher amounts, um, during my luteal phase which is the second half of the cycle. So I take DIM and um, calcium D-glucurate um, and that's to help estrogen detox. That's to help both phase one and phase two estrogen detox. Um, DIM really upregulates that phase one, CDC, um, AKA calcium D-glucurate um, upregulates phase two. That also can help with phase three if um, you know from testing that beta-glucuronidase is high calcium deglucrate is something that can help, um, in that situation. Um, my phase three is actually good. So I take it more for that support for phase two. Um, I'm also on B vitamins that helps, um, support phase two also. Um, but for me, the dim is really necessary for that estrogen detox. I haven't done genetic testing yet to know, um, if I have a variation on, um, my comp gene, which is, that, you know, what, what deals with, uh, metabolizing estrogen, but my guess is I do. And so this is just something I have to pay attention to, um, making sure that estrogen detoxes. And I'll be honest lately, I've been eating, um, some dairies crept back into my diet and, um, I've been drinking coffee, um, which I haven't really consistently done on, you know, 
many years really. And so it had been unfortunately becoming more consistent, even just about half a cup a day, but still, um, and then drinking a little bit more alcohol, you know, I don't drink during the week, but, um, drinking, you know, one or two drinks on the weekends. Um, and I can tell just those things impact me sadly it sucks, but it's the reality and it impacts my estrogen. we'll see when I get this testing done, how much, um, but that is something that I know that I need that dim, um, to really help upregulate up that phase one and then the CDC and, um, glutathione also helps with sort of overall, uh, liver detox, but phase two also, um, and then finally I take uh, chase tree as a progesterone support because this is, as I mentioned, something that starts to diminish age 35, really start to see more of the symptomology happening around 42, 43. Um, and so far, you know, this has kept my periods, um, pretty light and, uh, you know, not, not too crampy. I tend to know the day that it's coming, but I don't feel that it's coming. So it's been all good in that sense. Um, but we shall see what my, I still am guessing my progesterone levels are a little bit lower just intuitively, um, than I would like. So I will see that on this testing. And for me, I will not be afraid at this point to, use some bioidentical progesterone if that is necessitated. Um, is that a word necessitated? <laughs> I think so. Anyways, um, don't, I recommend not taking that unless you know, um, your levels though. It's really, it's, I wish it was just as simple as saying, you know, you're having these symptoms. That's probably low progesterone. You should take some, I, I've seen that backfire. So really it's worth getting tested and, um, either understanding what the levels are calling for yourself or working with somebody who knows what they indicate and what you should do. Um, okay. So again, those things that I just mentioned are based on me. So don't run out and go get yourself some dim. It can make things worse if that's not what your body needs. It definitely can. So dim is a big one that women will jump on. And it definitely can make things worse if the situation, if it's not warranted in your situation. Okay. Number three, I either meditate or visualize, um, for at least 10 minutes, usually honestly 20 to 25 minutes. And I use, um, the insight timer app to do that because they have both music. If I'm feeling like just sort of what I call a meditation nap. Sometimes I do fall asleep a little bit. Sometimes it's just, you know, straight kind of meditating, listening to the music. Um, or some days I really want the visualization aspect. And so that is, you know, anything from if I'm feeling high anxiety, maybe I'll look up a, um, a, a guided visualization on Insight Timer that can help me with that. Or if I'm like trying to take the next step in my life in some other form or fashion, like, they have so many different options in terms of the guided visualizations on there and you can choose them by time. Um, as far as I know, it's still a free app. So I highly recommend downloading that using that for me. I like to do it around that three to 4 PM time when our circadian rhythm naturally starts to, you know, go down. That's why you're more tired at that time of the day. So it can really be nourishing to your system, um, support of your, of your adrenal function to do some kind of meditation or visualization at that time of the day. So that's a biggie. Uh, the days that I don't do it, 
I notice a big difference. So um, I try and really get that in every day. Um, number four, I attempt my best to keep sugar to a minimum. And this includes alcohol. Um, alcohol essentially, you know, breaks down as into sugar and other <laughs> toxic things in your system really quickly. Um, and, you know, this is just hugely important for my body um, in terms of keeping that blood sugar stable in terms of, you know, I notice when more sugar does creep into my diet and it's not even like regular sugar, you know, I mean, if it can be honey, it can be, um, something that is just sort of added in, you know, to a sauce. It's, it's not like I'm necessarily eating a gluten-free donut or anything like that. Um, but just that higher sugar intake, I'll start to get phlegmy. Um, it's, it's not, it's not good. You know, it's, and I don't mean to ever portray sugar in this, um, you know, it's the devil light. Um, I think that sugar plays a role in most of our lives on some level and coming to a good relationship with it is really important. And that can take a lot of time, honestly, a lot of back and forth. I've been through the gamut with the sugar, right? So since my twenties, honestly, um, to where, you know, I, I cut it out hundred percent and then would binge, um, to where I did, you know, sort of a health at every size approach around it. And then I would end up feeling horrible because I just ended up eating way too much of it. Um, ricochet all around, you know? And so here's the thing is that in some ways, all of those experiences actually led to me getting to a different relationship with sugar, um, to where my relationship now is. I don't look at it as this, you know, bad guy, but I know that my body tells me really quickly when I've indulged too much because I start to feel it. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't hate it. I don't say you are so bad for doing this to me. I just say, wow, my body's really not wanting that right now, you know, and, and just pulling back on that's really important. Um, and I have to say that I don't have cravings in the way that I used to. And I think that that is because of this different relationship that I have with sugar my process is my process. You know, different people have different processes around this. Um, for some people, you know, a health at every size approach really works for some people. They feel like they have to cut it out a hundred percent and they do long-term cut it out hundred percent. And that is the only way that they have, you know, sort of this, um, control over it. And, and in some ways it can act like a drug for some of us. And so, you know, I honor, everyone's journey and their own relationship with sugar. Um, but for me, it came down to mostly the somatic experience. Um, and also I think the cravings have diminished over time because I have worked a lot on the underlying emotional issues that were connected to my sugar cravings and really, um, feeding myself sugar because that's, that was like my happy thing. Um, that was, you know, my happy place uh, in so many days where I really struggled with a lot of, um, of underlying trauma of, you know, unhealed trauma and looking for connection. So that was my, um, feeling that not feeling connected, you know, area. And so again, not simple, not, you know, 
anything. I just want to be clear with you for me, keeping sugar to a minimum. And we know how much sugar does impact our hormones in a negative way. Um, you know, and as I mentioned, this includes alcohol, um, you know, for some people, even it can be, you know, I don't want to demonize fruit because I think it fruit is wonderful. And for some people, even, even eating a lot of fruit can not be good for their body. So a lot of this is about being honest with your body's reaction. And if you have lots of ups and downs throughout the day, you know, I always say, come back to how is your energy? If your energy is like all over the place, um, you have lots of highs and lows. That is a big flashing sign for, you know, a uh, dysregulated blood sugar. And so it is really time to reel it in when it comes to those higher carb, high sugar foods, um, and get your body to a place where, um, you know, it can handle that on occasion, um, and, and really give it the love that it needs because, Again, your sex hormone production will be impacted when you have these blood sugar ups and downs. Um, and, you know, sugar really can impact um, the, the receptors on the cells, the inflammation that it causes can really um, not allow the hormones to get into the cells in the ways that they need to. So uh, yeah, it's just something to think about. It's one of my top five. Okay. So next up is, uh, putting on my blue blocking glasses, no later than 9 PM. I really try and do it a little earlier, but sometimes it's 9 PM before I remember to put them on. Um, and then I take a combination of melatonin and taurine to help me sleep through the night. Um, again, this is something that I do not recommend doing without testing your levels, although taurine is pretty safe to, to try. There's not a test that you're going to see, um, you know, if taurine's good for you, it's more the melatonin. Um, a lot of people will jump to melatonin, um, when that's not actually the issue of them not having enough sleep. Um, and so like, I see this on Dutch testing, right. The women that struggle with sleep, but their melatonin levels, which show up on the Dutch are actually like fine or better than fine. And it really comes down to the cortisol, their cortisol being too high at night. Um, so I just tend towards low melatonin, at least in the past couple of years. And so that combination has been a game changer for me, um, in terms of getting me to sleep through the night, even though my cat still wakes me up and to feed him. Um, it's just a thing, right? Our, our cats, what are you going to do? So he usually, he wakes me up one time a night, but I'm able to get back to sleep, um, almost every night with this combination. So, you know, sleep is essential for good hormone health. Like it's, there's nothing else that you can do to outwit your body. <laughs> if you haven't slept, you know, you know, that for your brain function, you know, that for your mood, you know, that it's super, super important for your hormones. Um, and for, you know, allowing the leveling of your cortisol production, because that cortisol again, gets so much in the way of your sex hormone production. If you have too much cortisol going on. Um, even if your cortisol has been down regulated because you had too much cortisol going on, your brain is always going to focus on keeping you alive. And so it's going to, you know, 
push on your adrenals to get the cortisol going and then tell your, you know, um, ovaries to essentially, um, not produce as much estrogen progesterone. Um, it gets in the way of FSH and LH production, which is the pituitary hormones that basically get our whole cycle going. So, um, you know, do what you can to figure out the sleep thing. And this is something that I'm going to talk a lot more about in my upcoming program in the new year, Thrive in Perimenopause, because there are so many different um, things that you can do to support your sleep. And then, you know, ultimately, if none of sort of the supplemental um, lifestyle changes happen enough and you're of a certain age, you know, then testing your hormones and seeing where your progesterone levels are at and getting oral progesterone um, can help tremendously with that sleep function. So um, over-the-counter forms of progesterone, unfortunately, don't help as much. Some women, they help a little bit, but it's really that oral because of the way that the liver metabolizes the progesterone when you take it um, through the oral route. So but we'll talk a lot more about, I've got several different combinations of helping you know women sleep through the night that will go into and thrive in perimenopause. So I think that was it. I think I got my top five. Those are my top five things that I do every day using the collagens, taking DIM and uh, CDC and chase tree, um, meditating or visualize, visualizing, <laughs> doing visualization. Um, as long as I can learn how to speak that word out into the world. Um, I keep my sugar to a minimum and I put my blue blocking glasses on no later than 9 PM, 8 PM is an even better time. Some people wear them all darn day, you know, all day long at this point, because, um, the impact of the blue light from our computer and our phones can be so tough on our circadian rhythm, essentially. Okay. So bonus, um, things that I try and do every day doesn't necessarily happen every single day, but most days it happens some form of movement. And this is most days for me. Um, the bigger thing is, is it going to be like, I'm going to, you know, do a 30 minute dance video, um, which is definitely not going to happen those couple of days before my period or probably during my period. Um, or am I going to, you know, take a walk, um, even if it's just, you know, a 20 minute walk around my neighborhood. Um, but I love personally hiking. I'm lucky enough to be in these amazing woods, um, the Blue Ridge mountains. And so I try and get out and hike as much as possible, you know, several times a week. Um, I'll do some yoga. I'll do some Pilates just depending on, you know, how I'm feeling, but getting some movement in daily. And especially for me getting that in earlier in the day is going to impact my mood and energy levels for the day. And we do know, you know, that our testosterone is highest in the morning. And so that can be really helpful for your workouts. So I highly recommend getting some movement in each day. Um, and then finally, this is something that I learned years ago. And it's funny because it's come up in different scenarios and different, you know, uh, groups that I've been in, but, um, taking time first thing in the morning to kind of map out your day. And this is where you can get really spiritual if you want to, or you can just kind of, you know, make it sort of a goal setting thing. And I lean towards the more spiritual end of the spectrum in terms of, um, you know, sort of the universal energy around it and universal support. So, you know, some things that you can do are like pull a tarot card, 
Um, you can pick a book that has, you know, um, meaning for you, um, something that is bigger than you and just, you know, flip it open to a page, whatever page you come to and just read what's on there, um, to inspire your day. Um, you can, you know, write down, this is what I like to do, write down sort of my bigger life goals that I have going on. Um, so, you know, I can have these bigger life goals every day for a while. And the more that I sort of write it down and see that, then the more it's, you know, in my system and moving towards that. And then I come up with things that will, um, get me towards that goal or those goals each day. So, you know, for example, you know, um, one of the things that I love and I'm excited about doing is leading, you know, bigger and bigger programs for women. And so, um, that's a big life goal for me every day. And, every day I try and do a little something that is going to go towards that, you know, so whether that's working on, um, for example, I'm working on, um, an online, my online store, which will have, you know, classes, presentations, courses, all of those things. And I've been working on that for a little while and I'm going to have it for you guys here in just a couple of weeks. And so that has been coming up nearly every day, working on that on some level. Um, it may be, you know, me reaching out to somebody, but basically you want to look at your big life goals and then what are some of the things that you can do each day? Just little steps that are going to get you there. Um, cause otherwise life will, <laughs> you know, tear us apart and rip us a new one and give us all these other things to focus on every day that aren't useful or helpful to where we want to be going in life and what we want to be doing, um, and the ways that we want to be helping in the world. So I can totally get caught in it all the time. You know, I mean, it's impossible to not get caught in some of the just crapola if you're on social media, which like who isn't at this point, you know, so having this time in the morning to really focus on you and your bigger goals, it can be super helpful, um, to keep you more focused throughout the day, to keep you motivated, um, to remind you what you're, what really matters to you, what your, you know, I don't want to say what your purpose is necessarily, because I know not everybody uh, knows what their purpose is or feels that we have to have just one purpose, but there is a bigger picture for all of us. And to be able to pull ourselves into that and start our day off with that um, is huge, not only for achieving those things that we want to achieve, but actually for our hormonal balance too, because, um, being whipped around and not being grounded is really, really hard on our hormones, right? Our bodies want to feel safe. They want to feel taken care of. And so in doing that as much as we can, you know, that is true self-care, um, where we are, you know, not necessarily getting that so much the rest of the day. So those are a couple of extras bonuses. I'll, I'll say that can, um, you know, help you with your hormone health, your overall health and where you want to go. Um, yeah. So a couple things coming up. Um, we have another free mindset, uh, workshop coming up. Um, I did a, uh, webinar. It's more of a webinar than a workshop, but I did a webinar just a couple of weeks ago on, you know, what is going on with your hormones, what your cycle is all about. That is something, if you missed it, it is actually going to be up in my new store here, 
um, in the next week or so. And it's, you know, going to be super cheap, like $19 or something to buy that and have access to that. Um, I'm doing another free webinar here, December 1st called why making yourself number one is the only way your hormones are going to chill the F out. So this is where we're going to deep dive into, um, how stress impacts your hormones, how, uh, to go about really getting in and changing what you need to do. The main things that you need to do to start to shift that around to make your body understand that you're putting it first, um, that it can get back into saying, okay, we're like, we're on, you know, on tap here to ultimately, you know, the goal of our reproductive system is to get pregnant. So even if you don't want to get pregnant, you want your body to think you're going to get pregnant because that is when, you know, your mood is good. That is when your, um, energy is good. That is when you are, uh, having periods that aren't bad at all. They just kind of come and go. That is when you are able to sort of like be at your cyclical best. Right. So that doesn't mean you have, don't have some ups and downs because we are cycling women, but it really gets you in tune with that and, um, brings you back to what are, our bodies and our systems have been, you know, doing for all of time that we've gotten so thrown off of in our current culture of go, 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 put everybody else first. So, you know, bringing it back to you, what's the most important thing for you. And then in that, in giving that to yourself, that's when you can actually give more to others. You'll have more to give. You won't be so pissed off at everybody in your life. So join us for that on Wednesday, December 1st at 12 PM. Again, if you um, can't make it at that time, go ahead and register because you will get a free um, recording of it sent to you afterwards. So it's free, you know, the day of you, it's free for having the recording if you can't make it, but after that, it will be a paid thing. So be sure to get in on the free stuff while you can. If you go to my website, christinegarvin.com, it's at the very top of the homepage and it should be on every page actually that you go to on my website, um, that you can register there, tell your friends, tell your homies, um, come on. And we're going to have some fun, fun little presentation. Um, I hope that you enjoyed the last one for those of you that were there. Um, we had a nice big group, um, and I make it super fast and super fun, hopefully. So I hope to see you there. Um, and I will let you know soon when my store is open, um, there'll be some great, um, things that are happening for, uh, not black Friday necessarily, but small business Saturday, um, and cyber Monday. And just that weekend of, you know, um, getting all your stuff, getting all your stuff ready for the new year. So if you, um, stay tuned, you'll learn all about that soon. And I'm excited that I have so much stuff to like share with you guys. And it's, you know, uh, life is crazy and clients and doing all the work. Um, and it's pretty much just me doing a lot of this stuff. So, um, it takes me a minute to get it all out there, but hopefully it will be together soon and out there for you to access, to make your hormones even better than they are right now. Okay. Um, I think that's it for this week. Oh, if you have a chance and you're on iTunes listening to this, 
leave us a review. I'm so grateful when you do that. Um, we've gotten some, you know, new ones in the past few days that have been wonderful. Um, it really is the biggest thing to help the podcast grow. There's no way to grow on Apple without it. So I super, super appreciate if you do, um, you can do it as simply as, you know, hitting the five stars. Um, if you actually write a little review underneath it, that's even better. But anyways, I appreciate anything that you can do. And I appreciate you being here and I will see you next time.